we have done numerous examples of investing in some kind of infrastructure, but evolution happens mm -hmm. at the same time. Innovation happens in the same time while you're building that. So when it's done, it's not relevant anymore. So we need to identify those kind of interventions that quickly yield a really positive effect. For city dwellers, it's clear to see that the places we live and how we live in them have all been designed to support a former age. At the intersecting roads and junctions weave across a gridded map, our homes, offices and shops line streets made for diesel guzzling cars and trucks. Our pavements are crammed with people moving from A to B, sometimes on a journey that has taken them many miles from home. Our cities hum with the movement of the modern age, but perhaps it's time to take another look at the spaces that we move between. Imagine 50 years from now when our means of transport, our work lives and our carbon usage will be a world away from where they are today. What then should our cities look like? How should they be? And how do we get them there? In this conversation, I'm joined by Philip Schelgeren. Did I get that? You got that right? You, okay, I'm getting a thumbs up. It's fine. Uh, a future mobility system strategist and program manager from Vinova, Sweden's innovation agency. Their mission is to promote sustainable growth by improving the conditions for innovation, as well as funding needs-driven research. Vinova's vision is for Sweden to be a world-leading country in research and innovation and an attractive place in which to invest and conduct business. So, Philip, welcome to the podcast. And maybe you want to use this, this opportunity to correctly pronounce your surname. Well, my name is Philip Schellgren, but Philip is just fine. Just stick with that one. That's perfect. No, right. You did a good job. All right. Thanks. Thanks. So, let's begin with some scene setting. I gave yep. a small uh, introduction there into Vinova, but maybe you can tell us more about you, your role, and the work that you're doing at Vinova. Yeah. All right. So, thank you thank you for letting me in to be part of this i think it's really fun i think the topic is super interesting and then yeah. so my date you know my day job at, at the agency is to actually start thing start collaborations that's basically what i do and to be able to start things i need to be out a lot you know listening with my ears to the system what is not functioning and what are people needing help on uh -huh. so I spend a lot of time you know, traveling and, and listening and meeting people and try to identify how could I help them or perhaps connect A and B, you know, or partner A and partner B. So that's that's what I do. What's your background? Well, I'm a physicist originally. Yeah, yeah, really? yeah, yeah. So I, I worked at, uh, at uh, you know, in the automotive industry uh, uh, in regards of the electrification of vehicles. Okay. Uh, so that's what I did, you know, for like 10 years approximately. Approximately. Uh, and then I went into working for the government agency because I was a little bit frustrated, you know, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. uh, the, you know, the, the rate of speed is not so, enough. Yeah. It's not enough. Yeah, and yeah. it was really frustrating, you know, to be out there working with the industry and feeling that the decisions from the governmental level and from the agency level, not quite enough. And what I, you know, what I could feel and hear from the system, it was an air gap they didn't speak to each other. So I was, you know, interested in kind of connect those, get rid of the air between the agencies and the yeah. system, you know, make them more into one thing. How do you do that? Well, meetings. <laughs> yeah, you know, as that's, simple as that. It's as simple as that. But no, well, to be honest with you, you need to find some, you know, you need to have the door open a little bit. Yeah. So for able to start that kind of collaboration between an agency and the ecosystem, for example, the industry, 
already it's the municipalities, you need to have some kind of commitment and interest at the uh, agency level. Yeah. So the agencies, they get a lot of assignments from the government. For example, uh, the Environmental Protection Agency, mm-hmm. they get a, like some, they get a, a governmental assignment to look, how could we reduce the amount of plastic out in the oceans? Right? So they get that assignment. And how do they do that work normally? They bring a lot of experts from their side, from their agency in a room and do stuff and work. And then they send that suggestion up to the government. Uh-huh. Basically disconnected yeah. from the kids eating ice cream, throwing their paper on the beach. Yeah. That's a disconnect. Yeah. So I was interested in trying to, how can we close that gap? Why isn't that happening already? Why, well, why aren't these connections happening already? It's so important. Everyone knows it's so important. Well, I'd say that the, the main reason is because these kind of processes at the institutional level, the governments, you know, yeah. regulation, policy, um, they have been pretty much the same, that process for the last hundred years. It's the experts. They know best. Let them, you know, figure that out. And then they can just go for it. So they're not a design-driven organization. Mm-hmm. And what, what I mean by that is if you're a design-driven organization, mm-hmm. you always think about the end consumer. You always think yeah. about the end user yeah. or whoever it is. If it's the kid on the beach or it's Volvo, you know? Yeah. So you need to bring those in the room. You need to do it quickly, iterate the legislation to the kids on the street, you know, with their ice creams. Mm-hmm. So you need to close that gap and use more design-driven methods. And you, and you talk about it's just meeting. It's just about getting these people in a room together. How amenable are they to getting in a room with other organizations? What do you, what's, your, well, what's your elevator pitch? Yeah, How do you get them there? No, the, the, <laughs> I forgot to mention one thing. I also have money. <laughs> okay, that helps. So that helps. You know, to be frank, you know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's an important part of the you know, equation yeah. that I bring money to the table to lower the threshold of doing something together. So if I can bet part A, B, and C in the room and say, if you, if you can, you know, pitch in these, these, these amounts or, or people or resources, then I can match that from the governmental side. If you do this together. So I have conditions. I have conditions. Okay. Yeah. We talked about the pace of change being relatively slow. I think a lot of people, and we talked about this in our, in our preparation for this discussion, a lot of people would say, the slowest innovations come at the governmental level. Why aren't you joining a different organization where you can make change perhaps with more money? You know, what, why join a governmental organization or something affiliated with a government? Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I can understand that. Are you just going to have that. your hands tied the whole time? Or did you feel like you were going to have your hands tied the whole time? No, not really. Uh, there are a lot of different kinds of agencies. And I'd say that Vinova is a little bit of a different animal than the in many other agencies that are funding, you know, R&D. So that's our, you know, niche. Okay. We're funding research and development, right? So that's pretty in the front of the development. So it's a, it's a, it's a good organization when it comes to that. Yeah. But we're trying to get all the other, you know, 95 other agencies on board together with the system. Okay. Okay. You mentioned the need to create these connections that add value. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, of course, and it's a great endeavor. Let's make it really tangible. Yeah. Give me an example of where you've managed to bring two people who you wouldn't necessarily see as having a connection or wanting to be connected with each other. Where have you brought them together to create something that yeah. was 
for the greater good. So there are many interesting examples, okay. but I, I'd like to, to uh, talk about one thing. It's called REAL with two E's. Okay. It's, it stands for, you know, um, Regional Electrified Logistics. Okay. So it's electric trucks, basically, mm -hmm. you know. But the interesting part of that is that we in Sweden, we have two big OEMs, Scania and AB Volvo, mm -hmm. right? And they're fierce competitors, and that's good. Mm -hmm. That thrive. That's good. That kind of friction is good. Yeah. But to some extent, they don't need to compete at everything, right? And it was quickly a, a revelation that they didn't need to compete on charging infrastructure, right? And they didn't need. And they to didn't need to compete because it's something they both needed. No, they both need it, and they don't need to compete on the legislation part. Yeah. They don't need to compete on the behavioral aspects the waste of their of time for them both to be doing it is, at the same time. You know, uh -huh. So it, it went, what they did was an immensely, I mean, I, I, I'd like to praise them more, but they <laughs> were so courageous in going yeah. in this for like three years ago to start what then ended up in real, right? Yeah. So I think that's really ex interesting example, not at least that it's two big OEMs, mm -hmm. but also that that initiative tries to deal with you know, five really important facets of, you know, or aspects of innovation. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's that project deals with infrastructure. Mm -hmm. You know, how should the uh, roads look, the terminals look, right? How should the digital infrastructure look? How should they be sharing information? How could that be safe? I don't want to show them what I'm doing. Scania won't give, you know, Volvo their roots or whatever it is. They, that's for sure. So you need to have that secure. But then the, the behaviorals. I was going to ask, yeah. but who is it who comes up with that idea? So this idea for that sharing well, that resource, sharing that infrastructure, is that coming from you or is that coming from an no, ideation session with them? I think it, it came from many different places, okay. right? It came from themselves to some extent, right? And it also came from, we have these kind of, in, you know, intermediary bodies yeah. in, in, in Sweden, right? And they are present in many other countries, uh, which have listened to the system and that also detected that we don't need to compete on these aspects. So they also, you know, hey, Philip, you should think about this. So okay. from various different, I heard that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And then we started having meetings. Okay. And then you've got them in the room. You're pitching this idea. They're bought into it. Why do you think they buy into it? You know, we're talking about two people who are heavily, heavy competitors. Yeah, they are. What's the business value for them? Uh, lower the risk. Yes. Uh, create some kind of de facto standard, you know. Yeah. So I, there, I think they could continue that list. When it comes to also lobbying towards the uh, government, it's good if they join hands. Yeah. So I, I, uh, there are more perhaps, but that a few of them, that's the reasons I think they went in for it. And it's just making them aware of that, shifting their mindset around that for something that is for the greater yeah. good. And something that you mentioned, which is really interesting when we were talking before is... Yeah. If they share that burden of thinking about that, that shared burden of creating the infrastructure, whatever it is, it frees them up to keep thinking about the things that really are really valuable to them in their business, the challenges that they yeah. really need to fix. Yeah. So it's a, so they can focus on that yeah. and let the, you know, the other organization, the, the projects figure those kind of aspects out. That yeah. really isn't in their core business. Exactly. Right? I think that's really interesting. Okay. We've talked about the realities of making these kind of connections happen. Sure. We've talked about the opportunities available to them. I referenced in the introduction there this idea of cities of the future. And this is yeah. kind of loosely connected. So when we were having our conversation, yeah. our prep conversation, we thought we'd talk about the connections, the Venova work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then as we talked, we got into this 
fascinating concept of what does the future of our cities look like? So if we think about our cities today, they're completely constructed for cars for transport for vehicles from our roads our pavements the fact that all of our shops or houses line the streets like we shopping yeah everything is is built around these concepts i said 50 years from now in the introduction but actually reality is it's probably going to be much sooner than that let's hope yeah our world is going to be a very different place so then how do we start rethinking about our city landscapes in different ways and you think about places you think in the context of places tell us more well, so I think that's a really powerful thing to do, you know, to think about a place and also bring in the system in the room. So you need to bring in uh, all those kind of people mm-hmm. that have a stake on the street, the space between the building. Right? Yeah. So you need to bring in the sewage people. Mm-hmm. Right? You need to bring the, uh, the theater people. Yeah. You need to bring in the logistics people. Yeah. You need to bring in the kids. You need to bring in the, you know, the bikers and the cars and the, you know, the, the public transport. You need to bring those people in the room. And then you need to start thinking about, okay, so this place, this physical place, mm-hmm. look at it now. How would you like it to look? What should it look what like? What should it look like? So you ask that question and then you use a paper and you have them all around the same paper and they start drawing. Right? So, and that's so powerful to draw. Because you, you, it's, there's something happening in the brain when you're drawing. It's, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. So we and make, also using that creative side is. of your brain, unlocking the creative side of your brain yeah, rather than like say, the oh, business I can't strategy. Draw, I can't draw, but they can draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter if it looks horrendous, you know, yeah. it doesn't care. But you can also together co-create, a, a, you know, another vision of how it could be utilized. So, yeah, we could take away that lane. Yeah, we could do that. We could put in some outdoor gym there. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're bringing the... Um, real estate developers and you talk about the you know the people living in the apartments and say well what would you like instead of these four thing parking plots uh, parking spots yeah, yeah, outside yeah, yeah. your uh, uh, uh your house okay if you can remove seven what would you like on them instead what else could be there so you ask the kids could you draw what you would like there yeah i'd like him you know a skateboard ramp and <laughs> yeah. then I, i'd like it i don't know what they like but anyways so you bring that physical place and you ask them how could that look and then you get a picture of how it could look. And then you need to backcast. So how do we reach that state? Exactly. Because when we talked about this again, I was like, okay, surely everyone automatically says, we should plant more trees. We should have, this should be pedestrianized. We should have whatever, whatever, whatever. There's two phases here because there's how we can change the structures that we have already. So how we can make and improve the structures that we have already. So like you say, take your parking, parking lots okay, if we take four of those away, what can we put in place? Yeah. Interesting. But then there's also beyond that, when we're thinking of the, the town and city planners of the future, how they build and create beyond that. Once you've got those ideas, turning them into a reality yeah. is something very different. How are you ever going to convince someone that we need to knock yeah. down this whole area and pedestrianize it? And, and sorry, the, the trucks that needed to get from here to here, they're yeah. now going to have to go on a 20-mile detour yeah. just to get to the same That's place. The how do you That's make it? How, but how? So well, where do you start? I, I wish I had the perfect answer for that. But Are I you constantly say, disappointed? No, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> but we, I, I use this kind of thing in my head. We need to start by starting, right? Yeah. So that's how I, I, you know, I wake up every morning. I think about, okay, we need to start. Yeah. I'd like to have that answer, but I don't. But we need to start. So what we do this is that we pick... One thing, 
And we try to identify those kind of actions that will lead to numerous positive effects. Okay. Instead of just doing a single, for example, you could do a traffic safety intervention, put up a, a, a rail Bonnard, yeah. of, uh, between the bikers and the yeah. kids and the cars. So that's a you know, silo structure. But you could also think, how could we achieve the same result that the kids and the bikers feel safe, but at the same time also get better care of the uh, water system, the rainwater, you know, the drainage, and how could we clean the air at the same time? So you start thinking about how could we achieve uh, an end result that are multiple yeah. by doing a single thing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we try to identify those building blocks yeah. that will unlock multiple positive outcomes and positive effects, whether it's the kids, whether it's the health, whether it's the flow of traffic or whatever it is. Right? And when you get to that idea and you get to that point, then what? You, that, well, that's that's the trick. when you bring everyone in together and you say, well, how are we going to no, make this? No, they're a part of that. They're a part of that. Yeah. And I think the, 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 uh, the, uh, the hook here is that uh, we can then pull resources from many different yeah. uh, departments when it, in the municipality so each can pitch in their cash so it makes it we're lower the threshold yeah once again we share the burden we make it more tangible we make it more tangible and they can see well in their uh, their budget yeah it's good for them well in their budget it's also good for them yeah but you know so we need to take a little bit from them 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 so i think that's a trick that they yeah. see that they get some positive effect yeah and Immediate they can pitch impact. in for that after we talked on our last session, you sent me across some really interesting literature and writing that you've been doing around the concept yeah. of the 15-minute city and the one-minute well, city. Well, the 15-minute is, is, this, is, the, is Paris, the wider concept. Yeah, 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 that's the Paris one. And then one you've that... taken that 15-minute and gone, Smaller. stop the bus, one minute. Yeah. Literally stop well, the bus. If you think about it, <laughs> well, what, what it means, at least for me, I yeah. think this is, it's, it's a concept. It means a little bit different for everybody. That's fine. The, the rationale behind it is that we need to think about the closest vicinity of where you spend the most of your time. Okay. So that's the one-minute city, right? Okay. So if you think about it, you spend a lot of time... And it's purely based on sustainability or carbon impact? What's it, what's, no. what's it based on? No, it's, it's made, based on this kind of concept that I mentioned earlier to achieve these multiple positive outcomes, right? Mm -hmm. so, and, and if you look at the space uh, from your ho home, from your home, one minute away, if you draw a circle around that, it's, it's pretty decent. Yeah, it, yeah, I mean, yeah. You have a lot of stuff there, yeah. you know, normally. It depends on where you live, for sure. I've got two sure. sushi restaurants. There we go, there we go. <laughs> so you see, um, we think that's an really extremely interesting, but also from the concept of those people who are living around in that, they could co-create this together, but also share a responsibility for how it looks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's also important when it comes to the one minute thing, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to, there's not someone else's responsibility. It's my responsibility. So to shift that a little bit, because everybody who lives in a municipality, it's the municipality's responsibility. Yeah, they should maintain that. Giving people back more ownership. A little bit of ownership that back, right? And, 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 to, so they, and if they are invited and they can actually feel that they put their flavor on it, a little bit, mm -hmm. they feel me feel more responsibility of also, or, you know, taking care of it. Okay. What are the examples of this? What have you seen before? Have you, is there an example of this happening yet? No, there aren't really that much, but we're just in the early phases of that. Okay. So, and what we're doing is, is, is trying to actually, what I mentioned earlier, to, to take away the parking spots. 
Yeah. Now, since we're growing into a more shared mobility system, yeah. more yeah. connected, and yada, 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 yada. Yeah. Hopefully, eventually, more self-driving aspects also to lower the costs, uh, meaning you don't need that many parking spots. So how should we use that space? It's so interesting about so the So we're starting that. The pace of change, because when we think about, okay, vehicles, we think about cars, we think about mobility yeah. as it has been for the last yeah, 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 yeah. 100 years sure. or more. There's been relatively little change in that space. Okay, totally. there have been improvements. There have been developments. Incremental. I've just yeah, 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 yeah. just finished a conversation with the Volvo innovation yeah. team, yeah. where they were talking about innovation versus continuous improvement. Yeah. And actually, what we've seen over the last 100 plus years has been incremental change. Sure. And so our cities, our towns, where we live, has had the time to adapt to that incremental change. Yeah. What we're saying is we're getting to a place now where the future is going to be very different. Yeah. The pace of change is rapid. Sure, I agree. We need to get our cities in a place where they're ready to enable that change. They're ready to embody that change and be, what's the word I'm looking for? Ready to embrace that change. Yeah. So, but in 10 years' time, we'll come up with this. And then 10 years down the road, there's going to be something completely sure. different. And we, we joked when we were having this prep conversation about hoverboards, yeah. right? Everyone automatically thinks of hoverboards when we're thinking yeah. about the future of mobility. But it's, it's true. Anything could be happening. So sure. this is wide-scale infrastructure change, yeah. mindset change sure. on a massive scale. We're talking about Sweden here, but really this is the reality for cities mm. all, across, oh, yeah, yeah. The, it's the all across the world. Different levels, but it's the same. So, where do we? We've talked we about. We just need to start by we starting. Need to start. How is tech and digital enabling? What's like the biggest it's, thing that we can? How can we support? I mean, it's so important when it comes to the. Um, well, it's there are so many things <laughs> popping around in my head when <laughs> yeah. you ask that question. That's not a. Where to begin? Start yeah, by starting. Begin. Yeah, exactly. So I'd say that if we could utilize um, the tech into bringing the people more involved in how it could look, yeah. you know? Yeah. If we yeah. could invite them by using their phones or VR or whatever, you know, to look at, okay, that's the street. That's how it could look. That's what I want. Mind-boggling. That's, that's, if we could create that kind of, you know, yeah. so I can see that street. Yeah. When you remove seven parking spots and you put in some greenery and blah, 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 you know, that so I think the tech is wonderful when it comes to having a connection and collaboration with people, right? Because they had, don't really have time, mm -hmm. you know. They so and, nor, and nowadays that kind of interaction is a paper in the you know in the mailbox. Yeah, and yeah. people just well, what's that? Yeah, 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 I don't yeah, care yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. So the municipality they try to you know co-create, right? Mm -hmm. So I think tech is really important when it comes to actually doing that in a modern way much faster. My, what I think is so important is the word fast. Because as you, you said yourself here, um, we don't want to invest too much in the wrong dead end, right? And that's always... It's this always is testing and learning on a massive scale. It is so hard. So you're, <laughs> but you can't be holding back by that. You need to do something as well. Yeah. So we need to identify those kind of interventions that we can get a positive effect tomorrow. Yeah. Not the one... I hate those kind of people that come to me and say, well, I like to start this thing. And when we have all of Sweden's network, it's going to, oh, that's not the way to go because we've done numerous examples of investing in some kind of infrastructure 
but evolution happens mm -hmm. at the same time. Innovation happens at the same time while you're building that. Mm -hmm. So when it's done, mm -hmm. it's not relevant anymore. Yeah. So we need to identify those kind of interventions that quickly yield a really positive effect and hopefully effects both on humans or, or the flow of traffic or since mobility, you know, so yeah, I, yeah, those yeah. kind of things. What's the most interesting slash exciting thing that you've seen or that you're most excited about? Maybe you've heard about something that something that's on the horizon. Is there anything that a lot of people don't know about? And if they did, they'd be very excited themselves. Um, well, I think the, the um, should it be positive or a negative thing? Either. Right. So... Uh, Let's take one of each, right? The, uh, on a negative note, the thing that I that really came to you know that shocked me a little bit was the amount of kids that really wanted to uh, take a driver license. It it has been declining, but it went up. When did it go up? Recently, like, recently, some way. And 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 in Sweden, there's a lot of kids that are driving these kind of small vehicles mm -hmm. to school. And I'm really afraid of that because we all know that active mobility, the health, you know. So I foresee that as a huge challenge. Where do you think to that's society. come from? Is that a post-COVID situation? They Is do that... what their parents do. So if their parents drive to work, they drive to school, their work. So you need to lead by example. So on a positive note, then. So what we have seen in in actually in the far north of Sweden, in, in a city called Luleå, is that you can actually get the kids to bike to school mm -hmm. year-round if you make it fun. Okay. Gaming. Gamification. Okay, gamification. So I think that's a beautiful example yeah. of how to utilize tech in nudging people and, and in this Changing case... Changing behaviors. Kids. So we need to start with the kids. So I think that's really, really, you know, a beacon of hope. And I see those kind of aspects that there because it's cold out there. Very Winter cold. is coming. Very cold. Yeah. Very so, <laughs> Without wanting so, to make it sound like Game no. of Thrones. Winter well, is coming. Yeah. So I think that's a really good example. So Okay, yeah, that is a good example. What about what you're seeing around the rest of the world? I the mean, what? around the rest yeah. of the world. Sweden feels like a front runner here, is it? <laughs> well, uh, Sure. It's yes. the best. Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, if you look at all those kind of rankings or indexes, it's, it's we're always top three when it comes to innovation scoreboards or whatever it is. So we, we, we want to push that. We're gonna, we don't want to lose, you know. We're fierce competitors with Finland, Singapore. Shh. Yeah, yeah. We, but we love them. And yeah. we're, it's good to have competitors. And lots to learn from both of them. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, there's so much happening. Um, when it comes to tech... I still feel that, you know, uh, for example, Israel and, and Silicon Valley is really important hotspots when it comes to those kind of aspects. When it comes to AI, I think that Canada is really, really yeah. similar to our aspects of utilizing. Yeah. So there are, you can pull really good ideas from many different, you know, countries. And I'd say that what we need to create better, you know, structure around in Sweden when it comes to these kind of innovation aspects is to make people move between organizations more and what i mean by that is go from the academy uh -huh. into the industry mm -hmm. and into the municipality and back to the industry mm -hmm. and into the academy and take that learning share those learnings we don't do that yeah people frown upon you if you if you for example have been in the industry and you go to the academy it's like, well why do you do that yeah or do, why do you go to the municipality or 
So when they have that really functioning in, in California, mm-hmm. well, people actually frown upon you. If you don't do that, it's the quite opposite. Interesting. So I think that's something that we need to do more. Uh, I think that's not only relevant for Sweden. We need to make people move between different sectors, but also different, you know, private, public and municipality. Those kind of, you know, flow of people. That's good. You're immersed in this the whole time, this whole topic, this whole conversation. Tell me what is your vision then for, let's say, 15 years from now? What is it? Because there has to be something that's driving you to keep, like, what's the end state? There has to be something that's driving you to keep thinking about this, to keep trying to build all of these connections. Yeah, I want us to be, uh, well, for sure, the the normal stuff. It's not that sexy. It's the normal stuff. We need to get rid of the emissions. I mean, the, so that's how I envision If If we can create a place where you live and work, where you actually breathe stuff that are healthy for you, because that's not the case today. So that's my, you know, that you breathe clean air, you know? And uh, so that's how I envision that the most important thing is that we breathe. <laughs> yeah. And you do that all the time, right? Yeah, right. And and that's and, the way the world is going. We need this, You're helped by the fact, I guess, that there is already so much renewed awareness on the importance yeah. of making these decisions and making these choices. Yeah, and also I forgot one thing that is important also is that we're not just doing this for this, you know, the good cause. It's fun or the good. It also, we want to create more business. Yeah. So, and we're aware of that these, you know, challenges, they are different, but they're kind of the same. It's just on a different scale. So if we can get our system, our, you know, our academy and our industry and our public sector to really identify, you know, these are the really good stuff, yep. then we can really thrive on that as a society. Because if you, if you look back in the 50s and 60s, Sweden really took a, you know, leading role when it comes to traffic safety, yep. road safety. And we have earned so much money from that as a country, so many employees, it's really it's been really, really good for Sweden as mm-hmm. a country. Mm-hmm. I'd like us to do that once more, but with a different challenge yeah. this time. That's a really good point. So to do that one more time, but not the zero vision when it comes to emissions. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Not the zero vision when it comes to traffic safety, yeah. but the zero vision when it comes to emissions. Emissions. There we go. Well, Sorry, that, I mixed that up. No, 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 you got you it. Get the, you, I totally got it. get it, yeah, totally right. get it. And it's a great, actually great place to end with that focus and look at that for timing. Straight oh, into Jesus. the 30 minutes. So thank you so much. You what an awesome me. conversation. Thank you for having me. Super interesting. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the Decongress event. I will. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the latest transformation series from Valtech Cafe. Hit subscribe to get access to our whole back catalogue of conversations. And if you'd like to know more about what we do, why not visit us at valtech.com for all the details. Until next time, thanks for listening.